freedom and censorship can't exist in the same world. And that's true whether it's the government or private corporations who do the censoring. Hi, I'm Ron Coleman, and welcome to the Coleman Nation podcast. It's a show where I sit down with guests to discuss the future of free expression and thought in our interconnected world. Here, we will focus on issues involving social media, cancel culture, and free expression that everybody who cares about ideas or freedom should be wrestling with. Good morning, culminators. Uh, or if you're listening to this at some other time of day, good afternoon. I am very, very pleased to have with me today the man who has been recognized once again as the most conservative member of Congress, Paul Gosar from the, of the Arizona's 4th District. Thank you for joining us, Congressman Gosar. Ron, thank you for having me. We have, as I mentioned right before we, got, we, we went on, and this is something that it's just become a custom on my show to mention that we're old Twitter friends who have never had a chance to speak in person before, and it seemed like this was the moment where I could maybe, maybe grab you and things are about to slow down in Washington. Right? Nothing's going on. Anything going on in Congress these days? Oh, well, you know, we're, we're uh, promoting uh, the demonstrations outside the Supreme Court. You know, we're perhaps sending, uh, sending money over to Ukraine that we don't have. And, uh, you know, mm. we're, there's no accountability for members of Congress and, and particular leadership. So uh, I, I guess nothing that really matters. To Nothing that really matters and evidently nothing that we should really be hearing about, because unless and until your bill uh, H.R. 7641, Protecting Free Speech Act passes, we may very well soon find ourselves to be subject entirely to a ministry of truth. What? Tell me about that bill. You well, I mean, we see, you know, we've seen uh, this administration now through Department of Homeland Security and Mr. Secretary Mayorkas putting out this board of disinformation. You know, so now what they're going to do is regulate the town square as to what is permissible speech and what is not, picking winners and losers. And that's not acceptable. That is not acceptable whatsoever. It certainly isn't. Do you have any idea how they have in mind mechanically for this board to work? I don't, but um, I, I suspect that uh, it will be taking all our records you know, as IE, uh, uh, utilizing the, the background of the Patriot Act in regards to gathering all the information and uh, using it in some way. And then I, deciphering and using filters, algorithms that are created to search and, and seize on certain terms and phrases. And I think, I think what we have to worry about the most is not that there's going to be a sort of public takedown or a, 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 you know, a sort of ministerial announcement, but rather that they're going to work behind the scenes. They're going mm -hmm. to partner yeah. with, partner with, I'll put both words in quotes. I don't know if you're familiar with the case that was filed by my office in, um, in California on behalf of a big influencer named uh, Rogan O'Handley, otherwise known as DC Drano. This is exactly what the state of California did, they set up basically a ministry of election truth. And as you, you know, as you observed, you, you, you put it behind, you call it security, you call it mm -hmm. homeland security, 
they set this board up as uh, election security. And they had a 95% takedown rate. They had a direct line to Twitter. And when they would identify a concerning tweet to Twitter, the, the tweet came down. And my guy who has over a million, maybe it's 2 million now, followers on Instagram tweeted something critical about suggesting that California's election integrity might have left something to be desired. This election security board signaled Twitter and he was banned from Twitter. This was in January. Mm. The election was in November. Funny thing about, about, about uh, threats to security is they never go away. That's exactly right. And you, you can't give up on your, uh, your freedoms in, in search of security. Because what ends up happening under that misnomer, you lose the liberty and freedom and you get nothing in return but um, anarchy. Any hope that this bill might uh, move through Congress? You know, I don't know, uh, Ron. I don't think it will. Um, because, you know, with the, the realization of an election that Democrats are being, you know, lambasted, at least of what it looks like from our, the standpoint right now, they will use anything and everything to stay relevant in the conversation of trying to keep their majority. So I don't think it will happen. I, I, I find it offensive that uh, big techs wouldn't look at this. Um, but, uh, you know, they're building a portfolio that, uh, you know, when we take the, the reins, take back the majority, uh, I think there are opportunities uh, galore to, uh, to, to remedy this. Now, it, you know, I, a lot of people on Twitter, I'm sure you see this all the time, and you see me complaining about it all the time. How much, first of all, how much is Paul Gosar and how much is the staff? You ever pick it up yourself and get, get it to the mix? Yeah, well, what we end up doing, we do a lot by team. Because, you know, that's the magic of a team is that we have, we play off each other's ideas. And so I think that's great. And I'll give you an example. You know, one of our uh, things that we did was the Necronics that we actually put uh, a hit message in, in a, a series of tweets. And that was, uh, I, Epstein didn't kill himself. And we did 23 tweets. And I got to tell you, Ron, we had the most fun of any day that we've had because the whole <laughs> team was trying to come up with these 23 tweets in-line items to try to get that, that, uh, that message across. And it got 30-some million hits on it. And, uh, you know, when, when your taxi cab driver says, you're the congressman that did that, that chronic, <laughs> you know you hit, hit a home run. And that really is an amazing thing. I mean, you're really dealing with Americans by mm -hmm. doing this kind of stuff on a human personal level. And there's nothing the other guys hate more than that because they're trying to create this technocratic elite that is going to run everything for us and tell us what's good for us. And they don't operate that way. No, no, they want government daycare for everything and anything. And we want our freedoms and our autonomy to be, you know, that, to make the choices ourselves and to have that ability for free speech on the public square. Now you mentioned the election here. It is mid May. Do you, you know, Republicans are getting excited because a lot of things are breaking our way. Mm -hmm. So um, this actually goes back to what I was saying before I interrupted myself. On Twitter, what we see our friends saying, many of our friends saying is, but it doesn't matter what the polls say, they're going to cheat. We can't win. It's all. Explain why, from your point of view, if you agree with me, that that, although even though much of that is true, why they can't 
I mean, we know somehow for all the cheating, there are not 100 senators and 435 representatives who are Democrats. So obviously there's more to it than that. Right, right. And, 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 and you know, the ire of the American public has actually been drawn up after this last election. And so what, one of the things that we've done when we've talked across our state and across the country is be, get known, go to your county recorder, ask them to, to walk you through your ballot process. How does that ballot come to me? How does it, what are the checks and balances that it goes through? How do you make sure that there's no fraud going on there? I believe that most Americans, that when uh, uh, a recorder takes their questions, they are now being served notice that we are watching. And I think that that inherently uh, tells the recorder that there's a right and a wrong way. So I don't I don't think that uh, we'll we'll see uh, too much, but I mean uh, we got to be on the guard and we have to have some checks and balances. We and and as a Democrat actually put in the movie Kill Chain, uh, an HBO movie on uh, the Democrats made in regards to election integrity and and uh, fraud. We need to get to paper ballots that have watermarked and numerically numbered and take away the computer between the counting of that ballot and the person. I, I don't know what else I can say. I mean, it is extraordinary that so many countries that we consider to be, they're smaller countries, they're Western style democracies, whether it's in Europe, whether it's Israel, they're able to run elections, get results immediately. Right. And, and yet, on the other hand, when, we, when, when Congress, when your colleagues on both sides of the aisle look at reform, we had that nonsense from the beginning of, the, of, of this term where they wanted to actually nationalize supervision of elections to make sure that it stayed bad and got worse. Right. And, and, and they claimed that it was the cleanest election ever. Well, if it was the cleanest election ever, why would you want to change it and federalize it? It doesn't make any sense to me. And it doesn't make any sense to the average person. There, you know, what do you think we can do? You know, one of the as a lawyer, I was I was involved in some election litigation and in some non-litigation activism. Let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. In other words, I was at the Philadelphia Convention Center trying to edge our way in when we had a we had a court order that said we could get in <clears throat> the judiciary as a whole absolutely blew it yeah and it is so extraordinary to me do you think i mean and and that really had a gigantic socialization or propaganda effect on the entire way that people look at the fraud in the 2020 election, because mm -hmm. there's still this, I, unless it involves abortion, in which case the judiciary yeah. is completely illegitimate. But it seems as if the fact that so many judges found so many reasons not to consider any of the election challenges it was, so, was so distressing because those of us who were on the street saw what was mm -hmm. with our own eyes, saw what was happening. Do you think there's any way to, to change that narrative uh, or is it just going to be us and them and it's a grudge match and we just need to push our way through? No, I, I, I definitely think there's this, this uh, there's an application here. And that is we, the people in the States gave to the federal government, it's limited powers. 
And we got to take it back. We've been asleep at the wheel. We've been allowing the executive branch. We've been allowing the courts to get fat and sassy, to be honest with you. And so it's now this, the duty of governors, whether they be Republicans or Democrats, to stand up for the sovereignty of, of their state. Now, I'll give you an example on immigration. You know, as uh, Article 4, Section 4 of the Constitution guarantees, guarantees the state's uh, protection from invasion. So no other court ruling actually applies here. So why not having a governor put, put the gauntlet down, put their National Guard on the border and say, no one passes, go, you know, go, do not collect $200, do not go pass, go. Pick the fight with the Supreme Court to make them take that because the state has remedies that you and I don't have. Uh, we have to go through a process where the state can remedy right to the Supreme Court. Also, there are two, so I see two issues here. One is there are a lot of governors of affected states. Something about becoming a governor makes Republicans lose their spines. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is. What, they're real tough when they're legislators or when they're running. And the second they get into that governor's mansion, they became great, become great conciliators. I, I don't know what, what that's about. Maybe you have some insight into it. And the other part is you know, you, you can line up National Guardsmen every five feet across the, the border to Arizona. If the Biden administration decides to hopscotch over you and land a plane full of immigra immigrants and drop them, you know, airdrop them in the dead of night, which we, which we find out they've been doing. I yep. mean, this is a lawless federal government. It is. But I, they, the only way we got, Ron, is, is, is that power of the state to start looking at this. Now, also, there's other, there's other opportunities here. And, and once again, we are given a toolbox under Article 1, Section 8. So Congress is not without means. And I'll give you an example. One of our constituents actually called our office and said, listen, how do you get one of these letters of marquee and reprisal? And we're like, why, why are you asking? And he said, because of its powers. Because Congress denotes the bounty. You know, going back to the, the pirate days. Right. So why can't Congress dictate, okay, you're violating the American laws in regards to trafficking human beings and fentanyl. We're going to put a bounty on your head. Okay. Can you imagine, uh, uh, what's his name, Dog the Bounty Hunter, uh, and, and all these friends looking, and, and even cartel members against cartel members. How about even members of, the, of a secretarial uh, uh, cabinet position not doing their job? Congress initiating that application saying, listen, you have to be held accordingly for high crimes. Why not start, start looking at that creatively and, and belittling the Department of Justice to the point where they're forced to take that case? The Department of Justice is by far the most troubling department of the United States right now. I mean, I think you, you, yeah. you, you can find issues with all of them, but mm -hmm. what began in earnest during the Obama administration is, un, is it's, it's mind boggling how they mm -hmm. have just, and, and, and this of course includes the FBI. Right. When people talk about, uh, you know, there, I mean, there's, when you and I were growing up, the FBI was legendary. Mm -hmm. And then and that may not have been justified. They did a great job with propaganda. Uh, 
And, you know, there was nonetheless this sense that there was a, a limit on just how bad it could get. But now there seems, well, why is there no accountability whatsoever when people screw up in the FBI, well, they either screw up or just purposely do things that are politically motivated? I mean, all the losing of records and losing of files and losing of recordings. Does anyone ever get disciplined, fired, anything at the FBI? Not that we know of. I mean, you look at Fast and Furious, Benghazi, the IRS, the unasking American citizens, Hillary Clinton's emails. How about Russiagate, Ukrainegate? How about Bidengate and Obamagate? Nobody. Nobody. I mean, yeah, we're starting to see Durham actually uh, coming forward, but it's slow and methodical, whereas the denial and the deception is front and, and quick and easy. That, and, and that's what frustrates the American, the American public. That's one of the thing, big things I've talked about is, is until we get back to the uniformity of equal application of the law and law enforcement according to the crimes, not to the politics, our republic ceases to exist. That's why we're in a communo-Marxist fascist state right now. We are. I mean, at the end of the day, you really can't avoid that conclusion. I don't think I have never felt so alienated from the Amer from the United States government as I do now. I mean, there's a real sense that anyone who can get away with anything is deserving of some level of, of, of folk hero status if it's against that, that thrust. Do you think there's going to really be, assuming that with God's help, we do recapture both houses, do you think there's going to be an appetite to, to really follow up on this stuff? I don't think there's a choice, Ron. I think there, there has the must. Because if we're not going to take that, that Zoranes and do the hard work, do it right, uh, and expose, put transparency and put light on these problems called Congress and Washington, D.C. in this bubble of heresy that's here, our republic is gone. And, and, and we've lost the people. That's the biggest key is we've lost the people. Because they see one tier of justice being held to for them and and bureaucrats and and legislators being held to a completely different status so we have to it's it's you know it's a, if it's not me who and if not now when that's you're quoting of course the great uh, uh, scholar great Talmudic scholar of ancient times uh, Hillel the great mm -hmm. and uh, in fact it is what we call in Jewish thought a uh, Ace La Sos, a time to act. This is, there's an, this, I mean, it becomes a bit of a cliche and they love, they love this cliche on the left. There's never been a more important election in American history. Right. Well, that might've actually been true every time for the last six or eight years, but yeah. boy, is this one huge because the amazing thing about this White House is it's on autopilot. The person right. who is putatively in charge is obviously not making policy, not making decisions. He's not even right. allowed to talk to reporters. So right. if you if you could recapture the legislative branch, is there any fear? Does anyone ever wonder whether they're just going to do what they want? Even and let's say you, you know, you you the, the, this bill that we were talking about before the uh, Restoration of Free Speech Act passes in the next house, and it passes in the Senate, and it's veto proof, and they just say, well, we're we're just gonna we're gonna do it anyway we're living in a time when that's, I mean, whoever thought, for example, that a, a major Supreme Court opinion would be leaked yeah. months before it's supposed to be uh, 
um, handed down by the court. Is anything beyond, I wish I could remember the phrase you used, fascist. Communo-fascist. Communo-Marxist fascists. I would throw, I would find a way to throw Wall Street in there too, because <laughs> this, this, is, this is not a fight uh, on which, in which capital is standing on the side or being attacked. I mean, it is terrifying, although people are definitely taking their lumps now in that, in that department. Um, you know, when I talked a couple minutes ago about what happens when Republicans become elected governors, unless they're Ron DeSantis or a handful that's exactly, of that's of, of, right. that's right. point. Ron DeSantis is the exception to the rule, and he's giving people that, that, uh, that spine to say, wait a minute, if Ron can do it, why can't I? And there's people like myself and those people in my state that are asking, why can't we have a, a Ron DeSantis? Why can't we elect somebody like a Kerry Lake that's going to say, what, what? No, that's not how we do things anymore. We're standing up for the sovereignty of the state. Let's pick this fight. Why don't we have attorney generals from our states, you know, starting to take on the fight for the sovereignty of the state? We're starting to see it. Now we just need more. And there's a plenty, I think, plenty of leaders out there that are governors. They wouldn't be elected governors if they didn't have some charisma. We just need to empower them, whether they're Republicans or Democrats, who stand up for the sovereignty of the state and take their lumps. You are elected to represent the people and to take the lumps that are given to the people. Yes, I mean, I remember, you know, my first time I ever heard of Mike Pence mm -hmm. was when he folded as governor uh, on that, uh, you know, on that bill, uh, it, it, it was, what was it? What, actually, what was the content of the bill? But it was, it was something that the, you know, that, that the rainbow lobby wasn't happy with and they threatened to stop having conventions or something. And but he folded like a cheap card table. Yeah. On the other hand, you know, I think president Trump folded quite a few times when it would have, there were moments where it might've been, well, you don't think, but Ron, I look at his situation and, I, and here, here was an unenviable task. So he, you know, he had the media against him. He had the Democrats against him and he could not afford to have the uh, uh, rank and file or the uh, Republican leadership against him. Any more and so than he, they were. And, and, and they were. <laughs> and, you know, one of the things that I look at is, is that that's why you had to have a personality like Donald Trump to make that headway. And he did. He did make some headway. But we got, it gets back to the same thing that I told him. Where did we have justice, the equal application of justice? You got skewered from Bill Barr just like everybody else. He ran the clock out on you. And, and, and we have to have fortitude. You look what happened in, in Virginia, where the attorney general removed the whole civil rights division. They said it couldn't happen, and he did it anyway. Here is a, a, a naturalized citizen uh, doing his job to uh, remedy the, the equal application of the rule of law in the state of Virginia. We need more of that, not less of that. But imagine the, the value of 50 attorney generals, 50 governors attacking. This is the same thing they do to us. They attacks from all different angles. That's, that's the Alinsky rules of for radicals. That's the whole detail that they're doing here. Make the federal government defend itself. The other thing that we have to do is, is that we better, and I mean, we better take back the power of the purse. Because if we don't allow that money to come out, you can't spend a dime. 
so these this this in, implementation of this uh, ministry of magic, uh, uh, you know, uh, as, as I talk about the truth disinformation board. If we don't give them a dime or a penny, they can't make it. And that also they, means that the continuing resolution addiction has got to stop. Yeah. What well, happened to and, budgets? And what the hell happened to budgets and national emergencies? Come on, govern. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and my suggestion, Ron, is is why not have the discussion, a line by line transparency, light, uh, light illuminating, on the defense budget? How is it that Russia, China, North Korea have uh, the super uh, uh, supersonic uh, uh, missiles? We don't, but it was our technology. How is it that now we are giving away our stockpiles of missiles to Ukraine when we won't get them replaced in a good year, two to three years from now? And with the supply chain interrupted, they don't know when we're going to get it. So we're giving up our defense mechanisms on behalf of Ukraine. And we don't even know how that money's being spent. We're making, we're paying off Ukrainian soldiers more than we're paying our soldiers. We Amazing. left 80, 80 billion in, in uh, hardware and military assets in Afghanistan when we retreated, we left our, 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 our men and women behind. We left people that were good to us behind. And we have no accountability of this. Right. And, that, and we're now we're making a woke military, like we've made a woke generals uh, a group. We, something's got to come about. What happened with the last audit where some $200 billion were, 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 were lost? We need to have accountability. And that needs to be line item by line item. And when you make an example of one, and, and I, I bring it to the military because that is our bread and butter. Somebody's not investing right if we don't have hypersonic technology. And if we do it to the military, Department of Labor, Department of Education, Department, all these other departments are going to go, well, we're next. We better start straight, straighten up. Well, that is, that's an ambitious goal. But I mean, if we don't do it, we're, we're talking about what nine trillion dollars a year that we're spending. I mean, it's crazy, mind-boggling, mind mind-boggling. Oh, it's crazy, and and I mean, and and now now when you look at this forty billion dollars, thank thank God that Rand Paul's holding it up. Unbelievable! You know, it's going to nonprofits. This the slush fund for uh, Soros-backed uh, nonprofits. I mean, for God's sakes, this is this is crazy. It's Don't crazy. tell me one person can't make a difference. You look at the buying off of uh, DAs and uh, attorney generals. And then you see the chaos is created when we actually don't incarcerate people for stealing up to $1,000 on the streets from businesses. And you wonder why people, you know, people that say there is no justice in this country anymore. It's, it's corrosive. It's corrosive. It's, it, I mean, do you think that to a large extent, it's an effort to actually demoralize people and just get them get them to give up and just let them yep. roll over us i think it is too I, I i absolutely agree but i always remind people it's always darkest before the light it takes one person to start the, the trend i lo i look at ron DeSantis as being that the person that started people are mesmerized whether it be from arizona wyoming washington state montana alabama about how this little engine that could out of Florida is standing up to the, to these big monikers, not winning everything, but he's fighting. And that's what the American people want. They want fighters. They may not just, they may not agree with somebody all the, all about their, their 
and views and profiles, but the fact that they're fighting for the little man and the mom and pops on Main Street, that family, that business, they want somebody to fight for them. How can, how can we uh, treat them any differently or lesser than somebody coming into this country illegally or there's stealing and robbing you know, from everybody else? Something's wrong here. And we got to get back to that moral compass of what's right and wrong and standing up for the American citizen. You couldn't agree with you more. And I know that your that your constituents agree with you because they keep sending you back. I hope that they keep doing that and that you are a part of the leadership of the upcoming Republican majority in the House of Representatives, which with God's help, we will see. Well, you know, demand. It's not if it's the American people demand it. Look at these people that are wanting to, to get your vote. Look them in the eyes. Ask them questions. Don't use debates. Bring them one by one. Look at their heart. Ask them the hard, tough questions. You know, you're doing yourself no favors if you're not doing that. It's good advice. Thank you very much for joining us. Ron, it's great to put a face with, face with the Twitter account. And yeah. God bless you. Thanks for smiling. A real, a real pleasure. All the best. I hope we'll be in touch again soon. So long. Keep doing it. Thank you. Thanks, Bye. Ron. Hey, thank you for listening to the Coleman Nation podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. If you like the show, please rate it five stars and leave a review. For more information, please visit the show's website at coleman-nation.com. That's coleman-nation.com. Or you can visit my blog at likelihoodofconfusion.com. Join us next time on the Coleman Nation podcast and have a great day.